and welcome to How To Be Successful with me, Vicky Paul. I'm an intuitive artist, energy healer and author and I'm on a mission to help you live with more joy, purpose and meaning. How To Be Successful is a straight-talking, heartfelt and enlightening podcast full of soul-centred wisdom, home truths, life-changing insights and free-flowing conversations with some of the most inspiring, knowledgeable and honest voices in well-being, spirituality, self-love and personal development. It's a show for people who are no longer satisfied chasing society's version of success because they're ready to embrace their gifts and thrive on their own terms. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of How To Be Successful. Today's guest is Alex Levy, host of the Spirit Guided Life podcast, which is for lightworkers, empaths and down-to-earth spiritual folk like you and I, where he explores intuition, spiritual development and matters of the heart. Alex has got a really interesting story and one that was kind of started off quite similar to mine. At the age of six, he knew exactly what he wanted to do was to be an actor. That was it. He was going to spend his life training towards and becoming an actor. So he immersed himself in acting and theatre all the way through college where he pursued a degree in musical theatre. And he said that there was nothing he loved more than just performing on stage. So his goal after leaving school was to move to New York and become an actor. He didn't listen to anyone's advice about having a plan B or a backup plan because he was so sure that he was on purpose and he knew exactly what it was that he wanted to do. So when he finally got to reach that goal and become an actor in New York, he was not happy. He was miserable. And of course, his life fell apart. He packed up his apartment and moved back to Florida then enrolled in cosmetology school and became a hairdresser, which he loved in the early part of this career and came across tarot decks. And that really was something that reconnected him back to a gift that he knew he had when he was 13, but ignored all the signs. So he has so many different tools at his disposal to help you on your journey. And I just loved his conversation. He's got such a beautiful energy. And I asked him just to share a wee bit more about what he does and how it can help you. So I'm a soul coach. Uh, I'm a spiritual mentor and teacher. And uh, I guess I can add Oracle author to that as well. Um, and I really work with, with lightworkers, with empaths, with sensitive people, uh, and then people who are new and starting out on their journey to the spiritual world and everything woo or all of those on the other end to, you know, spiritual practitioners and people who are really feeling that soul urge. Because I think there's a lot of people right now feeling this, this urge, especially from 2020 and COVID-19, people are feeling this need to kind of step up. Mm-hmm. that feeling that light worker urge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love helping people kind of tap into that. Uh, so I've been doing this for a couple of years now and I work with people one-on-one through workshops and classes, uh, as well. Uh, so it's, it's been an awesome, uh, journey for me Mm. to be here and I'm just grateful to be able to do this. Wonderful. It's very rewarding work. Um, and I think sometimes when you're on a spiritual path and it can be quite bumpy, Yes. And you can be completely clueless as to what the heck you're supposed to be doing with it all. But when you finally settle on that, it becomes a non-negotiable, purpose-driven mission. 
So I love to keep these conversations really fluid rather than prescriptive because I believe what comes up is meant to come up. But yeah. they do follow a similar structure to my book, How to Be Successful. So I want to just go back to, and I want to call it the beginning from a spiritual journey perspective, because I know that there's been a lot of things going on in your life and we've actually got quite similar paths in terms of the fact that we wanted to be an actor when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you took it a lot further than I did, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But I'd love to understand what the period of time was or what the event was that happened in your life or the moment where you realized things weren't going to go on the way they were planned or what was the moment of the awakening and you and I both know awakening can be a moment but it can also be a period of time yes so what was that like for you what were you doing how did it manifest itself and what were the good the bad and the ugly the ups and downs of the whole experience mm. yeah it's so you're right there can be like one massive one or like I think little mini ones, like almost like little earth, like tremors leading up to this earthquake. Um, and I did, I wanted to be an actor from the age of four or five is when I first started performing and, and being immersed in, uh, in acting classes and theater and lessons and dance and singing. And uh, that was my path. It was all mapped out. It's what I loved. It's what I, I could never see myself doing anything else. I went to um, a specialty school for the arts growing up. Um, and then I went on to study a conservatory program in, in college, university. Um, and, and then that came to a, I know, like a screeching halt. It was just as if like the passion was just gone. Um, looking back in hindsight, of course, I could see there were moments where I was starting to just kind of deflate and not feel as full of, of, of joy from doing that. But the spiritual part of me was always there. I mean, I can remember from an early age, a uh, little kid always, you know, wondering about are angels real? And um, I would see what I would call shadow people. Um, uh, and I was seeing spirit. And and then by the time I turned 13, I remember uh, I was gifted um, uh, a tarot deck by a friend of mine, her sister. And I mean, I was just like, whoa. So I started like collecting decks and I was grateful to have, uh, or fortunate I should say, to have a, a, you know, parents that, you know, kind of didn't mind my curiosity in that. And my mom, I think has always been a closet psychic. <laughs> um, so I was always kind of collecting decks and reading, going to new age shops. Um, but then there was this period where I really kind of stopped all that and I, I got disconnected. And I think that is so connected that is intertwined with me not listening to all those red flags that, you know what, I don't like performing anymore. And, and I just kept ignoring them until I suddenly was, you know, just fully like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, so I left school and I had no clue what to do. I dropped out. What was that like when you had that realization? Because if you've spent your entire life. Yeah focused in, in, in one path to the extent that you've gone to school, you've gone to college mm -hmm. to study it. It was really confusing because that's all I knew. Uh, there was a lot of, I was super angry. I was angry at uh, how could this happen? Like, how could I, how, it was just a lot of weird uh, feelings. Um, and they were amazing. They were like, well, we'll come get you. And they helped me come home. And I had no idea what that next step was. And I think that anticipation and not kind of trusting in myself that I will be okay um, 
and, and knowing that there, there will be something else. It took me quite a while to find it. Mm-hmm. Again, I wasn't utilizing those spiritual tools that I had early on. I kind of shut that door. I, I wasn't ready to go there again. I mean, it took a couple years of me having every single kind of odd job. And I mean, I've worked, I was a dishwasher. I was a retail clerk. I worked in every single place you can think of. Um, and I find, I, I really believe all of those, you know, quote unquote, like seemingly, um, you know, meaningless jobs that I had, they truly served a purpose. And I'm so grateful for them because it really helped take me to the next part of, of where I would ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, fast forward a couple of years ago, I, you know, was like, you know what, I, I, I want to kind of get back to reading, pulling out my cards. And I started listening to um, some new thought teachers on, on radio and getting out all my old books. And I was like, huh, I forgot how much this really lifted me up and how much I actually liked it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take some classes. I took a few classes. And then the next thing I know, I was reading for friends and it just kind of evolved from there. Um, so once I really kind of made that choice to say, you know what, I'm going to say yes to this. And this really does feel right for me. Um, it's been like no turning back. There's yeah. so many people who live or lived if you're not doing it anymore, society's version of who we should be and what we perhaps wanted to be when we were younger. You, you clearly wanted to express yourself. It's not a surprise as an intuitive, you're an actor because you and an empath, you can take on the characters and the roles. And that's yeah. ultimately what actors do. You know, I work with a system called Soul Plan and so many actors have the same energy where they can embody other characters and that's their sort of mission to do that. So it's not a surprise that you wanted to do that, but it's interesting that for you, you spent so much of your early part of your life following this path. And I guess that's the same path, although it might manifest itself differently that other people do where you have to go to school, go to college, get a job, get the house. And you're in this zone that you're just so focused on following this path that you don't pay any attention yeah. to really who you are. So when you stopped and you were in that sort of two-year period of, I guess, slowing down and reconnecting and rediscovering, what was that like? What, what happened? Were there any moments or was it all quite subtle for you? How did that sort of unfold? Um, I think it was pretty subtle. I think... For, for when, when I stopped kind of future kind of forecasting so much and trying to really figure out that that end goal, it's, I, I kind of just stopped planning, uh, which is not like me because I'm a Virgo. I love planning. I'm like super, you know. Uh, so I think I kind of stopped that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try. I mean, for instance, I, I was like really interested in, I'm going to be like a window decorator and you know, design windows. And I was doing that for a while and I was like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, I just was young and I, you know, I was in my twenties. It was the, that those years, it was just that, I think that comes with that kind of carefree mentality, but I, I think it helped that I, I kind of, for a while, I, I was able to get out of my head mm-hmm. and I wasn't so focused on what's next or, um, you know, how, how am I going to get to that? Cause I had no, I had no end goal. It was just, I was truly kind of in the moment. Uh, without me realizing that's what I was was doing. You work with light workers and empaths. For those 
people who are watching who maybe don't connect with those words or they don't know what that means, can you please explain to everybody what a light worker is, what an empath is? Yeah. So so really I work with heart-centered people, people who are are really who feel everything, who wear their emotions on their sleeves, who just have a big heart. Um, and light workers really, I, I think they, you know, but people don't connect with the word. It's kind of the arc, the global archetype of the light worker is a humanitarian. It's people who are kind of here to be of service and, and help and help other people and help in larger scales too. And, and empaths are people who are just very sensitive, highly sensitive people. Um, there's lots of different types of empaths, which I don't think people always think of. You can be an emotional empath where you're, you're connecting with someone on an emotional level and sometimes feeling and absorbing and taking on their emotions. Um, you can be a spiritual empath where you're you're picking up where you those higher chakras are more activated and you're you're absorbing things uh, through spiritual sense. So so those are typically the people I work with because um, that's that's kind of how I am and our vibes kind of attract our tribe, right? Um, and then I do also work with people who are, you know are uh, are just I like to call them just down to earth kind of spiritual people who are just kind of curious about the spiritual world. Uh, you know they may not. Know, have any cards or oracle cards so uh, it's kind of a culmination of those and in terms of and this is really taking it into sort of the next stage of your unfolding I guess is the process and you said you started off with tarot cards how did you expand into all the different offerings that you have yeah I think we have some commonalities with this because I started out with with card tarot it's like it's like a going up a ladder and then kind of sliding down is kind of how I see it. I started out with tarot cards, but it never really, it just wasn't me. It was, I felt a little bit too much of a rigid system. And that's when I kind of moved into discover oracles. And that's why I wanted to create my own oracle eventually. Um, and then after the cards, I would kind of really got interested in, in, in connecting with angels and spirit guides. And from there, I was getting so many nudges to step into mediumship. And I had resisted that for so, so long. Um, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of doubt. Could I really do this? Is it even real? You know, all of this self-doubt crept in. Um, and I made the decision. And I, and I ended up studying with a very well-known uh, British medium. Uh, I was ended up being certified by her. I really was kind of carving out this new kind of career as a psychic medium. I held public events. I did, uh, you know, large uh, audience readings. And I, I kind of was not welcomed into that world of mediumship by, and I feel like I heard you kind of speak similarly. I feel like I didn't really fit the mold of what the, the mediumship community expected, um, uh, you know, a proper kind of psychic medium to be. Um, I, I dealt with a lot of, uh, not very pleasant things <laughs> trying to be in that industry. Yeah. Um, and it ultimately wasn't for me, but I, I learned a lot. I learned really about what it means to just connect at a soul level. Um, and from there I've kind of evolved into, uh, what I'm doing now, which is Akashic record readings, mm -hmm. um, and working people one-on-one. -on -one. I, I don't really do as many, um, intuitive readings anymore. I, my time is really spent um, working with clients um, over a period of time. I can help people get more kind of transformation. Yeah. That and way. it's interesting you say that because it's, yeah, and we were talking just before we came um, 
live that we took some time off over um, the Christmas and New Year period just to sort of stop. And that's been the thing that's coming through to me is I was doing a lot of one-to-ones, huge amount of one-to-ones last year. um, And I really believe off the back of COVID, you know, so many people were activated to look and search deeper and further. But it's the same as you. I, I feel this type of work, you can't make the deep, energetic changes that really are going to benefit you in a one hour or a two hour session or with a reading and it's interesting that you talk about that too because I've also been guided to completely change that and work with people over a longer period of time because it's I think so many people and I want to get your take on this so many people myself included and I was this person you know I hold my hand up we want a quick fix. We want the plaster over it. We want the instant answers, answers because that's the way the world has been. We we got everything at our fingertips and, and, yeah. and we must have by osmosis taken this on board and assumed that we can get anything that we want to sort of happen in an instance. And it unfortunately doesn't happen like that. So in terms of the type of work that you do, I'd love to understand for myself and obviously for everyone watching what those processes are. So if you work with somebody over a three-month period, what does that look like? Yeah, so it looks, there's kind of two paths. There's those who I'm working with who are spiritual entrepreneurs or um, practitioners, healers, uh, and, and they're kind of just kind of starting out in that world and they they need help logistically figuring out like like this, like mm-hmm. uh, being fearful. There's a lot of fear about being seen in this, in this work, you know, kind of stepping out of that spiritual closet. So I work with people like, okay, we can do these Facebook lives. We know we can create a more soul aligned spiritual, uh, you know, work practice, practice that you have. Um, and it's also about, you know, helping people kind of finesse their, their spiritual and intuitive gifts and understand how their gifts actually work, how not to feel, you know, totally drained uh, emotionally or psychically, um, and managing boundaries, I think, I think, is a big thing for sensitive people. So that's something I work with as well. Um, and I also love helping people kind of tap into their their soul purpose mm-hmm. and and really discover what it is that that makes their heart sing mm-hmm. and how they can either tap into that, uh, you know, through through work, whether that's manifesting as a business or just really in their personal life. And then I also bring in some healing. So I call it kind of triaging. I like to work on all levels, the, the spiritual level, uh, the mental level, and uh, the emotional level. So I, I bring in uh, healing attunements and activations. to So we're working on everything. So that's kind of what it, what it looks like. Wonderful. I, and that's what I love about your podcast. I, I, you've got a great way of just verbally framing things. You know, triage is a brilliant explanation for it. So thank you for sharing that. When we talk about mediumship and psychic and intuition, I just want to kind of dig a wee bit further in terms of your experiences as much as your thoughts and feelings on who's a medium, who's a psychic, who's an intuitive. How do we expand on that? How do we know if we are those things? Um, It's always lovely, you know, I wax lyrical about this so people who follow me will know, but I love to get other people's take on it. Yeah. So I guess the saying goes, and a lot of uh, teachers will will talk about this. They'll say, you know, everybody uh, or all psychics, uh, let me make sure I get this right. You think you know what I'm about to say? Yeah. Um, Every psychic 
not all psychics are mediums, but all mediums are psychic. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if I always agree with that. I think first and foremost, I think we're all born intuitive. Um, I think intuition, I always say it's not our sixth sense, it's our first. Mm -hmm. So we're all intuitive beings. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can choose to foster that. We can develop it like any other muscle, like any other skill. You know, not everyone's going to be a concert pianist, but we can, you know, learn. And I think that goes with, um, with mediumship too. Uh, as you know, I, I don't think you have to be, you know, come from a lineage of my grandfather, grandma was a psychic and my, my, her, you know, I think that's just kind of this old school paradigm that I don't really think is true. Uh, and, um, now I will say for me, it, 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 I did have experiences really early on, but uh, as uh, as a kid, um, but I know a lot of mediums who didn't and who stepped into this in uh, you know a later part of their life. So I do think it's a skill that can be developed. It feels like it's so much more open and accepted and out there and just part of the norm in the states. It feels in the UK, it's still a wee bit oh you're a bit strange or I'm not quite sure of you or but again I don't know whether that's just my own internalized fear coming up but it always just seems so much more open and out there in the states than it is here in the UK so did you interesting see I would think it would be the opposite oh, really? I, yeah I because we don't really there's not as many spiritualist churches here at least where I live in the south um there's not many. Um, so I was, I would always think that it would be kind of more open. Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I feel like it depends like geographically, you know, like the, the Northeast here in the States is, is definitely more open. Um, and of course the West coast, I think the South is still a little bit, um, slower to catch up and open up to this. So, so yeah, did, did that, I'm not sure I answered your question. With That's that. Did you see it as a, does it, does the resistance to that or, or the fact that there is resistance to that, how do you deal with that? Because anybody who's maybe starting on a spiritual path who has that inkling or who's had these experiences and seen the shadows or even seen something, you know, far more real or lifelike or who hears things or all the different ways that we can connect with energy. If you're starting out on this path, it can be very difficult to sort of own up and label it and feel comfortable doing that? What guidance do you have for people who might be feeling that way? I would say to not push yourself. I think you have to go at a pace that you're comfortable with because if, if you kind of are forcing yourself to maybe develop before you, you know, before you're not that you couldn't if you wanted to, but if you're not truly confident in it yet, I would say go at a slower pace um, because you're going to have more problems with that doubt you know, and, and that's okay. You know, we're not all meant to kind of take this fast track approach to, uh, you know, certain practices. Um, so, but yeah, there was a lot of resistance for me. Um, kind of a crazy story, but I, I was, you know, the mediumship thing kept coming up for me. I was getting more spirit messages coming through in a regular reading. Um, I kept, you know, being drawn to mediumship. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I kept saying no for so long. And I feel like when we resist something for so long, the universe is, is going to do something to kind of, you know, say, you hello. So I'll never forget one day I was um, in, in the building I used to live and the apartments or flats I used to live at. Uh, I was heading out of my door one day, just 
getting ready to go down the elevator and I'm walking down my hall, just kind of minding my own business. I probably even had headphones and listening to music. And I kid you not, uh, Vicky, I walked into a body, a dead body. There was um, the emergency, the EMTs or like a, um, a, a service that takes bodies of people who deceased. And literally some, a neighbor of mine had passed away who I didn't really know. And they were taking out her body and I was not paying attention. I'm not kidding. I, I bumped into like the trolley of her and I was like, I didn't even get it. And I was like, whoa, I was like, okay, if that's not a sign that like, I need to be, you know, connecting to spirit, then I don't know what else. So that was really the deciding factor. Like, okay, <laughs> after that, I sign up for some classes and, um, oh, that's funny. You, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw dead people, like you, you saw I dead. I literally person. saw a dead person. I did see a dead person. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny. The universe is always trying to point us in the right direction. So if somebody wants to develop their psychic skills, um, I'd love to hear if you've got any sort of tips or guidance on how they could start to do that. I think it just begins with becoming a good listener. Uh, I think active listening, you know, this, this there's a skill of active listening. And I think that can be so important in also developing your intuition. It's just about being aware and developing that, that inner awareness. Um, and trusting it's really about trusting everything you see everything you're feeling everything uh you're experiencing no matter no matter how you know seeming less they may may seem in the moment um and i always say a great place to start you know like a practical thing are our cards whether oracle cards or you know if you're drawn to tarot that's great too it's really not so much about the actual card. I, I'm trying to tell people when I was uh, developing my deck, I, I didn't want to put a guidebook in there because I didn't want people to feel attached to a meaning. I'm, I'm, I wanted people to, to trust their own instincts. Um, I did end up putting one in there because I understand people like to have a reference. But I think oracles are a great place to start. You know, draw a card every day. Um, and you can reflect on that through a, a little, you know, writing prompt or a journal. And that will really help kind of build that trust. And uh, it's, it's, it, it, it's almost like the cards act as like, it's not really about the card. It's like, it's like a little mini kind of portal mm -hmm. that's just kind of opening all uh, your intuitive channels. So I think that's a really easy, simple place to start. Tarot is kind of like the, the door that opens. Yes. It's the tool that opens the door. And I guess as well distracts you because one of the things that I found when I was developing my, and I call it energy work because it's just, it, everything just melds into one, mm -hmm. um, was very much the, I, I really struggled with this ability to sort of take myself out of myself, to remove my awareness from what I was hearing around about me or what was going on in my head and kind of dropping back into myself. Um, and, and tarot helps you do that, or cards, or tea leaves, or and something yes. external. Takes yes. your focus, so you're so busy yes. focusing on the card or whatever's going on in front of you that you kind of become, you open that back door. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that you use oracle cards. And I, again, for people who don't know what an oracle card is, what's the difference between oracle and tarot? So tarot cards are they follow a specific system. So there, there's a structure to it. So even though there's many, I mean, I can't even 
billions of, I don't know how many tarot decks are out there, but and they all have different imagery, artwork. They still follow the same story. There's an archetypal journey that all the cards take. So there's still somewhat of a, there's a, there's a structure to it. Whereas Oracle cards um, are free flow. They're really, each deck is going to be completely different. Um, each creator had different intentions. So there's, I like to think Oracles don't really have as many rules. Um, and if you're looking for more of a structured approach, then then that, the tarot would be that way. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to talk about your Akashic Records work, because this is something that I've, I found, gosh, about 10 years ago, and it really intrigued me that there was this energetic space or place where the records to every soul that ever yes. lived, that ever will live, and everything that that soul experienced in every lifetime was in there and it's just mind boggling. But one of the easiest ways I guess to visualize it is like a massive library where yeah. it just goes on forever. It'll be like one of these Google hubs where they have all the, you know, all the cables, exactly. all it is, it's just like goes on forever. Yeah. Um, and you can plug in and access the information. So it, it the internet's a really nice analogy to sort of visually understand what the Akashic records are, but this is obviously on a sort of spiritual, soulful, energetic mm. level. So. What is an Akashic record reading? How can it help people? And what is the process of having your Akashic records read? Well, that's that's a great analogy and good question because I always say it is like this kind of psychic Google database, you know, etherically speaking. Um, so the Akashic records really are a collective energetic state that do. They hold the record of everybody's soul um, of places in history, of situations that have happened. Um, it is this giant collective database. Uh, and, and the purpose of that I utilize the records for are you can get so much deeper, I think, information than, um, than that typically I would have uh, gotten through an intuitive reading. Uh, I'm still kind of really shocked at how um, profound these readings can be for people. Um, I'm always getting letters or messages like, oh my gosh, like it, it, it helped me really understand my purpose. And I don't, it's, so it's, it's, it's a deeper, um, it's a deeper kind of spiritual uh, reading. You know, uh, when I go into the records, I ask a series of questions um, and how I connect with the records is through, through, uh, one of my guides through spirit guides and through a combination of channeling and dowsing. Mm -hmm. um, and I ask a series of questions that are very specific to my client. Like what, what is my client's um, soul group of origin, for instance? Um, so that is like, where did the soul, um, you know, we're, we're obviously more than our bodies, right? And most of us uh, experienced our first couple incarnations in a star system or a place other than here on earth. So I'm, I'm able to get specific about that, um, getting really detailed on what are people's life lessons? Um, what are your divine gifts? So your divine gifts really are a combination of your intuitive and spiritual and empathic gifts and kind of like your archetypes. And when you can understand those, it's, it's, it's like, it's almost like a, a natal chart for your soul. Um, and it can give you really great insight into your weaknesses, your strengths, um, and, and your purpose even. Mm -hmm. So it's a really specific type of reading that uh, I think is just really uh, unique 
um, and you're able to get validation and information that you, you might not always get from um, other types of um, readings. And in terms of the type of topics or areas in life that Akashic Records cover, would somebody come, I mean, you talk about soul purpose, which is very much centered around the type of work that I do and helping people reconnect with what they're here to do, what their meaning yes. of their life is, which is, I guess, most people at some point in their life have said, what on earth is this all for? What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, even if it was from the beginning of Monty Python, right, yeah. to something a bit more in-depth, you, we're all wanting to understand it and and conceptualize what we're doing in this body, in this lifetime, at this point in time. But do they cover areas like relationships or business? Um, Some Akashic Record readers do. Um, The the method that I've trained under and that I'm utilizing right now is not so much as like, um, will I meet do I have a soulmate? It's it's not so much a question and answer. It's more of this kind of soul blueprint that that I'm helping people mm-hmm. um, kind of uh, see, mm-hmm. like like that like natal chart, but more of a soul chart. Well, I love it. It's it's mm-hmm. it's sounds very similar. I mean, I've never worked with the Akashic records. I've done a couple of Akashic records sort of meditations where you there's a is it a, a, a not a poem, but there's something you have to read beforehand. Is that right to go into it? So there's a there's a couple of different ways people connect to it, um, and uh, I, I I receive an attunement to to the records. Um, so there are some teachers who teach that there's a certain prayer um, that can help. Um, some people do speci- very specific meditations to connect to the records. Um, so yeah, there there there's a combination of both techniques. Okay. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Um, and I, I couldn't possibly chat to you without having a chat about your podcast. Uh, How did this all come about? Please explain what it's all about. And I'd love if there's been any guests that have really shown out for you in terms of their wisdom, if there's anything you want to share from that. So the podcast actually um, started because prior to podcasting, I did a radio show for um, a while. Uh, I was on an online radio network, uh, which was live. We took live callers, uh, I was doing live readings. Um, and I think that gave me a really good, I was able to draw on some of my theater background to kind of an improv to kind of get through because, you know, everything that can go wrong on a live can go wrong. I remember um, one radio show, um, I had, uh, you know, uh, a, a well-known guest and they something happened and they didn't show up. And I had no extra material prepared. And I was like, you know, two minutes before we were going to go live, I was like, oh my gosh, the person's not here. Like, what do I do? Uh, And, you know, that's a lesson in just kind of trusting and surrendering to spirit, right? Um, But uh, I I just, you know, everything seemed to be moving to podcast and I was so late to the game. I didn't even know what a podcast was for the longest time. I remember I, I wanted the name Spirit Guided for a long time, and I wasn't able to make that work on the radio show, and which is what my oracle is called, the Spirit Guided uh, Oracle. And that's just simply, that's just kind of become my motto. Like, I try and live a Spirit Guided life. Okay, and that's what it says on the tin. I yeah. Mean, talk about branding. <laughs> right. And it didn't, it wasn't really that intentional. It, in fact, uh, the oracle had a different name, and it, it switched last minute because then I found out that name was taken and they didn't realize it and I was like oh my gosh like yeah what am I going to do um and so yeah so that's kind of how the podcast birthed from this radio uh, show um and 
I knew I wanted to have kind of deeper conversations than I was having on radio um, and and even on social media. I mean, there's stuff I talk about on the podcast that I haven't really, you know, spoken publicly about. Um, and I wanted to have conversations that I felt like I needed to hear. Um, so they're not all fun and fluffy. You know, I want to talk about anger. Um, that's an episode that I dived into is anger and, and, and why, what's the purpose of anger and how can we utilize that or can we utilize it? Um, because it affects uh, every single one of us and we're, we're always absolutely told, not a good thing right you gonna keep your anger you know, under wraps and it's not if it's directed at somebody and harms someone or hurts someone else but anger can also be amazing fuel yes to push you in the right direction and, and ultimately it's just energy it's energy that has mm -hmm. not been processed and released exactly so exactly it, it, and that's what I love about your podcast is you do talk about you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because so much of the spirit, and again, I hate calling it industry, but I just haven't come up with another name for it, but the spiritual mm -hmm. field, the spiritual realm, so much of it is very much centered around this sort of enlightening process, and, and this, it can almost feel a little exclusive or unfriendly, and it's kind of them and us, and and I, I, I love that when I came across your podcast, as it wasn't like that, it was really... Yeah. And I mean this with the utmost respect. It was entry level, although to get in, but the, the information that you're sharing is not entry level. There are some sort of beginner's guides too, and, and yes. but it's 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 not for people who who are it's for people who are on a spiritual path, no matter where you're on the path. But it was entry level in the respect that it didn't feel like this exclusive club. Yeah, you've got to be at a certain space or a certain place to be able to go in and get what's going on. It's very welcoming, which is is. What I want to do with the work that I do is I want to make people feel so comfortable to express themselves in terms of what it is, because ultimately we're all spirit beings having a human experience. And yes. you may or may not get to that uh, connection and that might, you know, drop in and level with you or it might not. But I wanted it to, to, to be, oh, well, she's normal. She just looks like me, whatever normal is, you know, yes. okay, well, I can relate to her. Um, yeah. so it's it's really relatable, which is wonderful. And in terms of the guests, has there been any guest that's particularly stuck out for you in terms of what they had to share or? Yeah, I've been fortunate. I had some really amazing yeah. um, uh, guests on the show. Uh, and from also going back to the radio show, you know, you sometimes you can, you know, there's someone you admire and you look up to. I, I think they always say, you know, you don't want to meet your your idols, right? Because <laughs> you could be disappointed. And um, I I was fortunate enough to have Alana Fairchild on my show. Yeah. Um, and it, it took a while. Um, and she, she when she finally came on, I could not, I, I mean, she's, what you see is what you get with her. She is so genuine and, and has the most, open heart and was so uh, generous. Um, so that was probably one of my favorite episodes was, uh, and that happened right in the um, uh, early on kind of in the pandemic. So it was a really emotional kind of show and she was able to, I think, give a lot of comfort. And uh, I think even listening back, it's still kind of relevant uh, what she said. And uh, I can't even think specifically because uh, you know, doing that, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you're interviewing someone, you're trying to, 
you know, be in that space, but then you also sometimes get taken back by the words they're saying. So it's kind of hard to stay, to, to stay centered in balance, right? Yeah. But I also think when you work with energy, you're in the moment, you know, you live utterly in the present moment and when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And you're like, what was that conversation? Who did I, yeah. What did I say? What was that all about? You can't totally. remember because, and that's ultimately, it's just, it's this kind of stream of consciousness at this point in time and the past and the future makes no difference. Um, and I'd love to just ask before we wrap up, seeing as how we've got a bit of time um, for you to share any wisdom for anyone um, who is struggling in whatever capacity they are to fully step into their authentic self. If there's any sort of wisdom that helped you or that you feel intuitively guided to share at the moment? I think that, you know, right now it's an important time to kind of, you know, especially after being, you know, in isolation and lockdown for so long, I would encourage people to, to find some sort of community. I think community is so important in times like this, whether it's, you know, of course, it's probably going to be virtual uh, for some people, but I think that is, it's so important. Um, when, when you are, are, when you kind of find your tribe in a sense, it really does help to shift things for you. So I, I think that's an important thing for people who are struggling is to seek out support um, and mentors and teachers. Uh, you know, looking back at, at my, you know, at my past and different, you know, jobs I did, even when it was, um, you know, regardless of what I did, I always tried to surround myself with mentors and teachers. Um, you know, you can only kind of go solo at things for so long um, before and before things aren't really going to change. So, I, I if people if you're feeling that call to step up, I would encourage you to to seek support and find someone that can can walk with you. Um, and because there there is so much potential still, uh, and we can really utilize this energy even though it seems so chaotic like you said to, to, to kind of step up to that next place mm -hmm. um and i would just also encourage people to continue to practice self-care it's so important especially in times like this um and don't hold things in you know when we when, when our emotions get held in and uh they get trapped uh, it's only going to lead to a bunch of stuff later down the line. It, it can manifest through our energy and, and even the health things. Mm -hmm. So find some sort of uh, way to creatively um, express. Uh, and that's why I think stuff like this is so beneficial. Um, you know, the work you're doing is so important. Um, you know, if you're feeling called to start your own podcast, uh, do something like that. Find a way for you to really create. I think there's this, 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 people don't realize that we all have access to this kind of creator energies in us. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And if you'd like to connect with me, then head over to my website, vickypaul.com, or you can find me on Instagram at vickyjpaul. Why not take advantage of a special subscriber-only 10% discount off my personalised soul portraits? All you need to do is get in touch using the promo code PODCAST21. That's PODCAST21. And don't forget, you can buy my book, How To Be Successful, available anywhere that you buy books, or you can also get it via the link in the show notes. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And please continue to share this podcast with anyone you think might find it useful. I'd also really love if you could write a review because that helps myself and my guests get discovered by more kindred spirits. 
Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.